Well, hello there. I'm Tracy Resch Williams, business coach and consultant for Alaska Tracy. Businesses work with me that are seeking calmness, clarity, and prosperity. Using my vision mapping framework, I guide them on their journey to success. On this podcast, you can enjoy hearing inspirational stories of success, as well as business tips and tools that you can actually use. So thanks for joining in. And oh, please remember, click the subscribe button, invite your friends and leave a comment. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Alaska Tracy podcast episode. I am thrilled that you're here. And today we're going to meet with Sarah Michael, who is known as an expert of feminine leadership. She's the founder of Sparkling Results. Sarah works with heart-centered and mission-driven entrepreneurs to produce real financial results that feel good. She has extensive experience in marketing, communications, business operations, personal development, and law of attraction. Clients that are attracted to Sarah are struggling with nailing down the words they say and owning the significant value and transformation they provide. They walk away after working with Sarah with the ability to make real money and create a lifestyle rather than a work style. And I am thrilled to share Sarah's expertise with you today. Without further ado, let's welcome Sarah to the show. Well, hello, Sarah. Welcome to Alaska Tracy podcast in Anchorage, Alaska. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I am well. How are you today? Well, too. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for joining. We are recording this on April 14th, 2021, and we had a snowstorm this morning. (laughs) Well, I grew up in Colorado, so I understand May snowstorms, June snowstorms. So you grew up in Colorado, and now Uh you live in California, Uh in LA? In LA, south of LA, but yes. Wonderful. Well, Tell us a little bit, tell the listeners a little bit about, first of all, when you were a kid, what did you imagine yourself doing as an adult? You know, it was kind of an amalgam, but like, where I don't really have much memory of being really fixated on any one thing. Maybe because I come specifically from Aspen, Colorado, and Really, I mean, and when people say, why did you move away? You grew up in Aspen. I'm like, because I saw five careers. It's the same answer. It's like you were, uh, you know, a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer, business owner, or, or um, a ski instructor, basically. So like, that's really, I mean, and my mom was, you know, she was in this, an editor of the Aspen magazine. My dad owned a restaurant, but like there just weren't a lot of jobs. So I wonder if partly that I didn't have anything in my head was because I was exposed to very little, right. Um, of like actual positions, like what that might look like, you know, friends, parents and stuff. And that is all to say, you know, by the time I got to high school, you know, I was thinking maybe like, I remember vaguely thinking teacher, but being like, I don't want that life. Like I've consciously not chosen teaching, <laughs> you know, kind of with that just undergrad decision. And then also looking at 
in, you know, during my college years looking at, did I want to get like a English, you know, master's and do the and PhD and do the professorial route or art or, or whatnot. And, and I, I sniffed around, but you know, you really like, as I put it, um, you got to kind of slut yourself around a lot of like Midwestern colleges (laughs) to finally land at a college that may or may not be in a place that you love. And that didn't look awesome either. So, so, you know, I think the best that, you know, I, I was, I've always been drawn to teaching. Um, yeah, in high school, um, it was, you know, we knew we were really good in the words and the writing. There was the art component. And then there was a bit of a psychology component in terms of how we chose my, the college I went to as, you know, which was basically like, we're probably not going to get all three, but, you know, awesomeness, but let's at least, you know, make sure that whatever we sacrifice isn't like so poor <laughs> that were I decide to go that route, that it, there wouldn't be much for me. So, and I see, you know, teaching in all three of those. And I see, you know, what I do now, certainly in all three of those. Yeah. Did you want to move away as a child? From Aspen? No. Yeah. Oh, I okay. Loved it. I loved it. I just didn't want to stay. I would have been happy if my dad had not moved to California, Northern California at the time, you know, during college. Like I, I just didn't, I didn't want to like, at least initially I wanted to go away and, you know, do a career. I wanted to go to, I've lived in San Francisco, New York city, and now LA. I wanted to do the city thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I very, very much. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's fast forward to where you are today. And I'm, I'm looking at your website, Sparkling Results Coaching. Yeah, Sparkling Results. Yep. How, I guess, what, what was the roadmap, first of all, that led you to your career today? And if you'll explain a little bit about what you're, what you're up to these days. So I went to college for English, and um, our joke is that we have thesauruses in our heads. Um, We kind of had an unspoken rule, like who could write the 20-page paper without using the same word twice? So we were constantly in the, well, you know, pro tip, you can't. There are going to be some words that get repeated. I like, I did a lot of revenge uh, tragedies and like, I couldn't get away from not saying revenge more than one time, right? Um, In in the analysis of it. And, um, but went into some pretty rigorous work and also did some artwork there. And um, then I went to grad school for technology and art and social change and communication and really it's computer stuff, but it's very interdisciplinary. And the whole point was like all these interdisciplinary people came together, the amalgam of those skills and the synthesis of that. And let's create things that are recently possible that, you know, do good things in the world. And then I fell into, fell into, In, in the way that you do. After grad school, I went to grad school in New York City and it was 2003 um, and you couldn't buy a job in New York City. Um, certainly not in tech because the bubble burst and then 9-11. So anyway, um, my best friend from college actually was working in a company that uh, filed for bankruptcy. And he called me one day and said, the bankruptcy boys are looking for an assistant that's not afraid of technology. 
um, or that knows technology. It was the afraid of part when I asked my boss, like, why did you pick me? Because I knew one of the other candidates. He's like, because I, well, he said, I thought you were smart and you weren't afraid of technology. And I was like, okay, um, yes, <laughs> both. Um, and I ended up working in what's known as restructuring and turnarounds of distressed companies for about eight years. I call it my mini MBA. And really at that point, fine-tuned how you talk about and sell intangible services. Because uh, certainly there were some more on the tangible side of things like your cash flow and you're going to hit the wall and your inventory, your freight. But there were also lots of intangibles that we were selling because I was actually selling to the lender or hedge fund or private equity firm. So it was peace of mind, you know, like, you know, so we, I had two whole, it was really interesting. Sometimes like there were things I wasn't allowed to say because it was bankruptcy or, or no, if it wasn't a bankruptcy, because bankruptcy is public knowledge and then we could talk about it. But if you, you know, if you were just dancing around that edge um, and it was during kind of late in that time that through my executive coach at the time, discovered work in masculine and feminine survival instincts and how those apply to relationships and more interpersonal, home, uh, romance. And yet my coach at the time was translating everything into how it looked, what it looked like in business and how that survival instinct, he, um, what would happen is I do the workshop, I'd come back and he'd take whatever survival instincts were pulled out of that workshop or identified that they then were worked through on a more romantic interpersonal level and be like, this is how it shows up. This is how competition between women shows up in the workplace. And I was like, oh. Were you struggling in that area in your life? Not, no. I mean, in, in, I mean, well, at, at work. What drew you to that coach? Oh, that coach. To that teaching. To me, actually. It was, okay. we had a very forward thinking company and it, it wasn't that I sought him out. Okay. Um, he was actually given to me, but um, he was super helpful because I was learning how to, what I call now lead from my feminine side, which actually is a combination of both masculine and feminine, but um, the way most people lead is from masculine only forms of power. And so Pete at the time helped me, helped me really get that and get it in my bones pretty early. It's now one of the things I help clients with in addition to, so, so yeah, so in addition to sales and marketing. So I found that work and knew I wanted to be a coach, knew, I'd known for before I knew I wanted to be a coach um, that I wanted to have a business. So I already knew that. And then I was like, okay, so it's a coach. So I figured that out, yay. And I did a mastery program in that, uh, that body of work three times actually, where you're basically trained in how do you, uh, how do you transform um, from the front of the room and also on a, just a call or a one-on-one -on -one or a group, but how do you transform? And started my business and all I really knew was I had that stuff. I had my marketing, my messaging, my communication, my branding, my tech, like all the, you know, already had that. Didn't know how to sell though, had to learn to sell. I mean, this is where, when I say it was my mini MBA, those years in the bankruptcy land, as I call it, really was. Cause you know, within three months of starting my business and actually being laid off, um, I heard a voice in my head that was like, you gotta learn to sell. Cause I did not know how. And I just, all I could see was this gaping wound. So I got a coach, um, was petrified of it, totally ended up winning a sales comp competition like nine months later. 
Wow. For the only reason, really, because I can enroll a multi-thousand dollar client, I was not going to win, except this one gal that I'd had kind of multiple 10-minute conversations with over the three days said yes in the last five minutes. It was, it was an interesting gosh. moment. It was a wild, like, I like, there's a picture of me and I just look stunned, like, because <laughs> I'm so surprised I won. <laughs> anyway, um, and that was about, that was actually, at this point, eight years ago, I started my business, like, really in earnest, nine years ago. And at this point, I help um, entrepreneurs to find high ticket clients wherever they go, being their quirky, brilliant self, um, and using what I call feminine sales power, which is the ability to be powerful in your marketing and sales without being pushy or manipulative or slimy. And I also help uh, folks more in the career track, not the business track, because selling yourself in business is, is very, very similar. If you're selling yourself for a raise, if you're selling yourself for a promotion or a new position, the feminine survival instinct, I'll just, I'll just wrap it up with this, just to tie it in a bow. The feminine survival instinct is to stay connected. So anytime a woman, we're all different, it's a cocktail of energies and we have to look for ourselves. I have these different categories um, of life and business uh, that uh, we look at and you find where you are on that spectrum. Um, so you just know it's self-knowledge. And most of us women though, have a huge part of ourselves that will really hold us back out of fear and at all levels, it doesn't, you can, this stuff doesn't go away. It's a survival instinct. So in little and big ways will hold us back from being as powerful as we could be because we're afraid to disconnect. We're afraid that we're gonna disconnect and ultimately die, which is what the neural pathway does. And, and yeah, and all that work, you know, part of, well, but back to the, my thesaurus in my brain, I essentially do what I did then with the thesaurus. Uh-huh the messaging work I do for clients now is like the inverse because clients will give me multitudes of words and I, or the clients will give me very succinct abstract words and I will give them more words. And back then I was taking more words and putting it into succinct words because wow. abstract words are fine when you have 20 pages. They're not fine in a marketing message that you need to grab them right away. Right. What, obstacles or big obstacle have you had in your life that's really helped you grow stronger and keep moving forward even though at the time maybe you wanted to quit or bail or yeah well um i will say it was actually back near the end uh, well during the time when i was learning this work someone was reading my emails um, at this company, I, the bankruptcy firm I was working with for. And um, it was learning this work and the, like, and it, I mean, and it was, I was effectively demoted at a certain point um, because I was like, I don't you know, my mouth, like it was just all these reports of I said this in the wrong context or whatever. And I was, I was ousted from the office. I was like banned from the office, some bad HR advice that if you ever do this to someone, I know, if you ever do this to someone, you send them home for two weeks because there's no way, no matter what their personality, that they could possibly deal with this in a professional manner anytime sooner was essentially 
Like I pressed, I remember talking because they gave me a lot of access to the HR people during this time, right? And I pressed her. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is more of a punishment than any, you know what I mean? Are you like, this is going to be less weird when I go, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, this is going to be so super weird. But what, you know, what I was learning at the time though, was that, you know, it was also, I was literally ousted from the tribe. I mean, I remember trying to lay down and go nap and take a nap because I wasn't sleeping very well. I mean, it was a hellish first week into this, even the second week. Um, and trying to take a nap, there was no way because just as I'd start to relax, some nasty thought would come racing back into my head. Anyway, what I had to do when I got back and I had, had already started learning this work was, um, well, first of all, take such good care of myself and get so much sleep that I could go into that office and kind of roll with whatever was happening. And as much as that sucked, those early weeks, you know, summer of 2009, ooh, you know, um, and spring of that, like I had to, you know, it was some amazing transformation, like, you know, within six weeks, like once I, it took me a minute to kind of really start to catch the self-awareness, like catch what those thoughts that I needed to just hear mm -hmm. and know. So to know that I was a little triggered by this gal or whatever. Um, but it, it took me a sec to sort of catch that wave. But once I did, I was like, oh, I get this. And I just ran with it and being able to be like, okay, I'm super triggered at Lariata right now. And she's never going to know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to, but wow, you know, <laughs> internally. Yes. And that's part of what I help my clients with understanding how to do that in a sales context uh -huh. or a negotiating context. You need to know when you're just a little bit triggered. Y'all, that's one of the things ah, with feminine sales power coming up in June. That's is. so wonderful. Yeah. Wow. So like I, I just had a coaching call with my coach about somebody that, and I said, she said, I'm confused about growing through it. And I said, oh, I want you to help me because I keep going back and poking this woman, right? Like, why am I doing that? I want you to help me identify why am I doing that? And what's the opportunity for me in that? And she was like, okay. And then she st could start with the questions. Right. And um, what I realized for myself is that there are certain languages people use that I get this weirdness inside of me. Mm. And to listen to that, mm -hmm. like those mm -hmm. are probably not people I want to surround myself right. with or be on her podcast or um, people that sort of put themselves up higher than others, mm -hmm. but, you know, and I know how to do that. <laughs> I think we all know how to do that. I think we do. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting to identify, is that the sort of work that you would be doing with people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, that's the mindset piece, you know, the messaging, marketing and sales come in, you know, too, but more of the tactical, tangible, but that's the mindset is becoming aware of those kind of subtleties and, and subtleties with language. You know, you know, that didn't, what was it the other day? I was, I was on Clubhouse and someone was saying that, you know, um, oh, their accountant had, you know, questioned their coaching, their, their investment, their personal development. Like, you know, do you really need to be spending X amount a month on a coach? And it wasn't the moment for me to like speak up about this, but I'm like, 
but that's, you know, it may have been professional because she's like, it's always professional. I'm like, but it's, it puts the other person on the back foot. I mean, can you see it? Like, why do you like, whoa, where did this, you know, hello, defensive stance instead of like, you know, tell me why personal development is so important to you. I've noticed that it's 25% of your business expenses. Right. The wording. Right. And because, oh my God, it's 25%. I didn't realize that if they need to realize that. Right. But then we can have a talk centered around like, this is a value evidently. <laughs> right. It can change everything and make things so much better in whatever context. That was more of a life and business versus sales. But That's yeah. so good. And Sarah and I met, we both belong to this group of 465,000 women and um, we're members of the group so we get to go in there and promote and do Facebook lives and stuff and so and I'm actually going to talk to Sarah after we get off about some of my messaging because my goal is to get in there and do like I did with you Sarah a post that's very soft and very like, can we network? Like mm -hmm. I'm looking to network. And what I got from that post was three different responses. One, yours, you connected with me and we sort of felt each other out because there's so much sales crap, right? And the emails and the messenger, so much like underlying, like I'm going to get you on the phone and then I'm really going to sell you, right? So like we have to like pick through all that to like really, really, what do you want? So there was you, you and I connected. Then there was a woman who was like, basically, I'm really busy. I don't know if you're pitching me. I don't know what, do you, do you want my product? If you want to talk about my product, we can talk. And I've been there. I've done that. You know, like somebody just emails me and I get this weird, like, you know, oh, this is a sales pitch. And then the third one was a woman that I got on that clearly is not looking to grow a business. <laughs> She just wanted to whine, you know, and I was able to identify it and get off the conversation rather quickly. Good. But for Sarah and I, it was, I, we both got on the phone and we were both coaches and it was this sort of, you sort of do a little dance at first, like, what, what does she want? What does she want? And that, but it was the language we were both using was we were shoulder to shoulder. You know, mm -hmm. we were just like, how can, how could Sarah maybe help me or what, what, in my huge sphere of yeah. people, can I refer Sarah to? Right. And then you immediately, you know, it just seemed even and that's- Well, yeah, and we had a good um, vibe and we were clicking and clacking as I say, um, yes. like we had a good banter and you know, that's, that's not always the case. No. And can I say a little thing about the, yes. the responses you got in the group? Yes. Especially the gal that was so busy, but if you wanted to buy her product and, you know, I get it. We all need to make sales at times. And sometimes when I, you know, and when I say need, I mean like really, really need, like I've been there with late rent. I've been there with zero, like, you know, and honestly y'all it's, it got better when I stopped having any charge about having $17 in my wallet. Like, it's just like, that'll change moving on. Like, so just a side note that is what I'm seeing there is something I call that the transactional mentality that I think the online space has just 
super reinforced that's just compounded by so many entrepreneurs and yes highly represented in that group but who are chasing the wrong strategies for the stage they are in business so they they can't see themselves clear to just anything that doesn't feel like it's going to turn into money but it creates this transactional thing that if you're buying from me great other than that you're like no use to me and you might as well be dead to me like you're dead to me I get all very dramatic, right? And the fact is we are here to build relationships because like, honestly, like when I said yes to that, like um, I did want to make sure, but like I do, I do connection calls all the time that the only intention is to get to know each other. And I make that clear in the communication. I mean, that's part of, you know, what I, I, you know, my part is I don't want people to feel like I'm, you know, sn- you know, sneaking up on y'all. Sneaky sales, as I call it. That ain't good, y'all. <laughs> Sneaky, Sneaky sales. Weird. <laughs> Weird. I know. Weird. I know. It's just crazy. It's like it's a crazy time. And and the more we can give and reach out and give, the more that comes back. And it's so hard when we're in that space of desperation and, and fear and checkbook, you know, empty and and just fear, right? Uh, so the language, that is that is key. What sort of um, clients, you, you mentioned a couple, but what sort of clients might you be looking for? What are their pain points? What would be a pain point of somebody well, that my you- My folks, yeah, that's good. My folks are generally, they're doing too much. I mean, it's related to sales, but what they really, really know before they, I get them in my world at all is they're doing too much. They're chasing more and more leads because basically they sell pretty well. Like, so there's logic in, if I just have more conversations, I'll sell more. And what I found, so, um, you know, taking the masculine and feminine work uh, deeper. So looking at the sales conversation, it's a great illustration of uh, the integration of both masculine and feminine powers and starting to understand how a masculine structure can support our feminine flow. And the sales conversation is just this cool little microcosm because essentially 80% of the sales conversation is feminine, feminine forms of power, like connection, like exploration, like space. You're listening to answers deeply. You're letting them talk for a minute. This isn't about like quick, quick answers. This is about exploration and space. There's a whole section that about possibility and what they want and their goals. (laughs) Yes, there's a whole section on the pain and and what they need and what they're struggling with, but but a whole section on possibility. So 80% feminine. And then 20% masculine is your script that if I get near you, I'm gonna wanna customize that for you and your ideal buyer, which makes these crazy awesome like breakthrough moments happen on that call. And so that's a masculine structure that supports the flow between the questions. And you don't have to, you're not rigidly stuffed in the pen or, you know, in a box on this. You can use your intuition, ask different questions. And then at the end, you're going to go into what I call the high masculine and make an offer if if there's a fit and if it makes sense. So looking at that and then applying that to the rest of our lives, like how do we, how do we leave others in the best shape possible in a sales context, in a client context in an interpersonal context in a team context yeah nice nice and you mentioned a workshop that you have coming up 
Yes, I have my Feminine Sales Power virtual event in late June, 28th okay. through the 30th. And I did it twice last year. It's incredibly transformational. And it's really where the first thing we're going to do is work on getting really clear on that part of ourselves that is triggered and, and is scared and is worried. And what that piece part feels like in our body when it's just this big because you will be this big thrown off balance in a sales conversation or a negotiating conversation, you will. Okay. And then we're going to go deeply into that sales conversation. And when that gets, you know, when that happens, so back to the, you know, the person that my, you know, what are they struggling with? They're struggling because they're doing too much. They can do less because, because they're selling better and they don't need all that crap because they get more from what they're already doing. And, um, and then we're going to go deep dive into like business models. Now, what if you applied the feminine aspect to your business model? What would that look like? Because that's where it really gets super fun. Nice. <laughs> nice. So your workshop, can that be found on your website? Sparkling results, coaching.com on my website. Yes. Great. And I'll put all that information in the show notes as well. Okay. So people can connect with you. And last question for you, being respectful, we've already chatted 30 minutes, which I, I said know. 20 to 30 minutes. Uh -huh. uh, last question. How do you, Sarah Michael, define success? Success? Okay. Defi my definition of success is that you're getting results without the cost. And that's related to all that I shared today. Like, how do you set your life and your relationships and your business life up in a way where you're getting results, you're doing what you want to do, having the impact, making the income that you want, and you're in good shape, your team's in good shape, your family's in good shape, and you're not creating <laughs> a trail of carnage in your wake. You know, we're really making sure that we're not creating new problems as we solve the existing problems. So is that your definition in your life for success? Mm-hmm. Good. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for all the tips and all the tools and for saying yes to being on this episode of the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So much Thank fun. you. Thank you, everyone. And uh, please remember to click the subscribe button and share this with those that could benefit and go ahead and comment. And thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, have a great day.